With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance and save by bundling auto and home. Hello, listener. Welcome to this Gameplay Podcast. On this episode, we have a host of gameplay tips and gameplay experts. Yes, first of all, we have foot legend, Air Japes FIFA. Hello. Hi, I always like it when you call me a gameplay expert, Ben. So happy to be back to be a member of this expert panel. Yeah, it's great to have you on. And we also have, uh, you know, quite clearly a gameplay expert, Neil Guides. Hello, Neil. Welcome to the pod. Hello. Thanks for having me on again. Great to have you. I know the listeners always enjoy your insight. And uh, the same to Brammers, who is, of course, a game critic and consultant. Hello. Hello. I'm just updating my Twitter profile. FIFA 22 gameplay expert. (laughs) Uh, Very happy with that. Can't take it back now. And uh, yeah, very nice to be here. Mm. And I meant, of course, an expert in terms of gameplay with Thiago, the road to the final, which you were very excited about on the content pod. We managed to get you to hold off on your review until this gameplay podcast. So yeah, how is he? Because he's an interesting player in terms of his stats, very low sprint speed. What chemistry style did you end up using on him? It's an interesting one um, because obviously a lot of the time with special cards, you sort of, you look at the stats and you go, oh, it's obvious what this one needs. But, um, you know, Thiago in much the same way that his football glides effortlessly between the lines um he moves between chemistry styles you know uh, sleekly and slickly and uh, it's not entirely immediately obvious what to put on him i actually settled in the end on so first of all he's in he's in um i played him mostly in a 4222 or the 41212 as a sort of as a, a cm on the left side next to a, a, a more of a defensive midfielder because i just i feel like tiago he doesn't he's the glamour player but in the end i went for the slightly spicy take of gladiator mm. it doesn't touch his pace like you know he's not going to be closing everyone down amazingly uh, i mean 96 acceleration he's going to do it quite well over a very very short sort of um distance but um yeah you don't want him to be the one racing back towards goal 
Gladiator is interesting because it, it obviously picks up his shooting stats considerably, um, and it really boosts his defending. And it just it just kind of felt like a nice mix. And how are the other stats unboosted? I mean, obviously his dribbling's um, fantastic. Um, his passing, his range of passing is brilliant. His physicality was sort of much better than I was probably expecting. The only thing I was slightly disappointed by with the card was that they didn't they didn't take the opportunity to give him a weak foot upgrade. I mean, they've done it for they did it for Bale for goodness sake. I mean, the idea that Gareth Bale has got a stronger mm. weak foot than than Thiago kind of offends me. But that is odd, yeah. I was going to say, I kind of feel like this is sort of perfect for me in, in this FIFA because it's a card not many people are going to run because of the weak foot, because it's this time of year um, to have a player that doesn't have that strong weak foot. Um, obviously, has a, sl- a couple of deficiencies in a couple of areas. But for me, having Tiago in the team, it's kind of I'm I'm, I'm role playing as Tiago when I get the ball. You know, I'm, I'm doing sombrero flicks over people's heads, and I really did do it this weekend. It was great fun, and um, you know, playing these stupid orgasmic six yard passes and counting his pre assists and stuff like that. <laughs> We've been there. It's more than just like I'm trying to save up for a big player. It becomes an identity for your foot club. Um, and you kind of, everything gets kind of distilled through it. So yeah, no, I honestly playing, I played like 11 games of champs with him and it was just so much fun. So I'm a very happy boy at the moment. (laughs) Yeah, certainly are from the content pod. We know that. And, uh, Japes, how's your search for an improvement to your midfield been going? I know mainly Liga options. Have you used anyone recently or, or just more generally, actually? Uh, I tried that Mikel Moreno card and he's quite good. I wouldn't say he's like like his weak foot gets found out a little bit. Mm. So like pound for pound, I think he's great value. I would not call him end game though. So I, you know, I could go out and pick up that Los Celso, but also three-star weak foot. So Mm. I'm less enthused. My coin total though, however, is creeping ever closer to that uh, road to the final Marcus Llorente. Mm. And I think the debate's going to come down to whether or not I want to uh, risk it on that Llorente card, knowing that I deep down do not believe Atletico will advance very far or very much further or put some coins towards that foot birthday Danny Alves that I've been coveting. But that would mean replacing that Pedro Poro who's been a warrior for the club. Mm. But I feel like getting Danny Alves in would be good fun. So... Yeah, that's the direction I'm leaning at the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, well... Uh, I guess I could go out and get that wild card's Luka Modric again, but you got to feel like Modric is going to get a team this I season, mean, right? Can you get Thiago in? <laughs> He's Spanish. I don't want Thiago in my squad. Wow, wow. Bram, is he, how, how do you feel about that? I mean... Thiago, I can't not do the job. <laughs> wow. Honestly, they leave the Bundesliga <laughs> and he just casts them aside. Yeah, yeah that's he? right. He <laughs> left Bayern and just like, Thiago who? Yeah. Wow. I mean, you know, we like agendas on this podcast. Um, <laughs> Neil, uh, any players that have come out recently that have interested you? Yeah, so I was actually looking at Atal because um, I've always liked Atal. I played his cards as a right back, but I also played him as a centre mid as well. And I think the benefit with that Atal card is that five-star weak foot. But I really do like his upgrade. I think he's actually quite affordable at you know, 200k. He might drop a little bit more. But I like using him as a left mid and right mid in my 3-5-2 or my 5-2-1-2. And I think mm. even the centre mid, I think we'll get the job done very, very well because I know the centre mids in League One pretty expensive. But I think if you can move a tall over, I think you actually got a pretty good card. Five-star weak foot, four-star skill moves as well. And I think you, know, you probably can get away with a centre, not to be honest, uh, or even a hunter or even a powerhouse. Any of those good cards, I would say. And I think that's the key with players like Atal, that they can play anywhere. Mm. You can play them on the wing. You can play defensively, offensively. Mm. What would be your go-to approach for 
getting him in on, you know, seven chem, I guess you're going to play him slightly out of position if you've already got a right back in there. What would you do? So there's two ways that I normally do it. So I have like team of the year, Hakimi in my team as well. So I play him in CDM. So if I was going to use a tile as a cheap option, what I would do normally is I'll put a right back in right mid. So if you mm. put a right wing back in right mid, they get seven chemistry. And then that way a tile starts on 10 chemistry in right back. And then you just move them to center mid in game. And then you move the right wing back in right mid to right back. So mm. I don't mind, for example, a left back or right back having seven chemistry, but I try to get ideally the player that moves to the midfield position on 10. So that's the way that I do it. So if you're ever looking to get a card, let's say a left back or rather like Cancelo, just look for a left mid position and just put a left wing back there. Or you could just sub one on, sub on a good left back for like on five chemistry. I think you're pretty much good to go. Yeah, it's funny. I know some people don't mind that, but I really feel like those three subs just make such a big difference and it's always worth saving them and using them a bit later. But I know some people don't mind. Um, just to move on to just briefly some... Uh, tactical chat we talked a lot of course about the three at the back japes your three four one two i know uh, neil you've been using a three five two um quite a bit and was interested to see the e premier league over the weekend was won by a duo using a three at the back formation i spoke to dami earlier in the week who's the polish pro who won it and he was saying he's going to be putting out a tactics video so it's probably out by the time you're listening to this but in the meantime neil uh, any ideas what might have been the tactical plan there? What it looked like, unfortunately, Japes, it looked like a 3-5-2. It definitely was not a 3-4-1-2 from my knowledge. It's a superior one. But no, Are I you think wearing your glasses, Neil? I was. I saw the CDMs a bit deeper. That stability, defensibility. <laughs> yeah. But they played very, very well with that 3-5-2. In fact, I'll urge most of viewers as well of this podcast to go and watch that game. But if you do use a 3-5-2 or a 3-4-1-2, they actually play very, very well, especially against, you know, in the pro scene, people park the bus a lot. And it's good to understand, for example, when they recycle the ball. Because a lot of people, when they get the ball, they try to rush the ball going forward. But in that gameplay, it was a good example of when to recycle or when to shift the ball and not force the ball forward just because you have the ball in your possession. Mm. It's funny because I thought it was going to be 2v2 because that's the way esports this cycle has gone. But actually, was looking at it and unless I'm missing something, it was 1v1. And I guess that means you can probably take more from it. But interesting from a co-op perspective, I can imagine actually three at the backs would be quite strong now. I think if you are playing, let's say, in the same game with someone else, I think most formations, they can be much better because you can, for example, move your right mid all the way to the, to like mm. the sidelines and basically be unmarked. So I think what, what is really fun with co-op is that if you have a friend and you both have a similar type of play style, it takes a couple of games, but once you get into it, it's really, really good. You can almost make any formation work because there's always two players getting controlled and it makes it very, very hard for your opponent to actually defend against it. So I would say with co-op, I think it's a really good fun mode. Have you, mm. Do you guys play co-op a lot? Or Honestly, I have not played it except for that one time they had the mode where you could just get match made with somebody as a co-op partner. Do you remember they put that in briefly? Mm-hmm. I think it's still there, but I don't know. I thought nobody played it. So I literally time. only did... I th- I'm sure I did it. I must have done it. Yeah, probably. Did you have to do it for like a review or something? I, like I, I, I can't... I, I, now, now I'm questioning whether I did do it. But I'm sure I've played a co-op game. It's just not really been a priority for me. Yeah. I'm lousy at getting stuff like that together. Um, if, if I'm going to coordinate those kinds of things, it's probably going to be for, for, for a different game like Destiny or something. I'm quite happily playing FIFA on my own. But I am interested because I do come up against co-op duos, um, not you know sometimes in rivals, but mostly in like objectives and stuff. Does anyone have any good sort of tips if you do come up against a co-op duo as a single player, like things you can mm. maybe take advantage of? Yeah, it's worth noting that it will 
basically matchmake at the highest division of the two players playing co-op and rivals. So you can actually often have a mismatch in terms of ability between the two players because of that. Um, but it is good fun. And actually, you know, it feels not more manual as such, but there's more human control over the game. That's Jake, true, any, yes. any pointers, tips on this? Uh, I haven't played much of it lately, but I there's a difference between coming up in against co-op players and like divisions. I'll call it even like two and below and co-op players that are in the elite division. Like if they're in the elite division, you're going to have generally like a bad time. And what I would say, though, is like the biggest tip is defensively, you should just mark the player that doesn't have the ball because like the good co-op players oftentimes don't want their co-op partner to think that they're selfish. And so oftentimes they try to force passes mm. and you can kind of like bait that out of them. And it makes sometimes for easy defending, but offensively, you know, they have a much easier time marking your entire squad. So it's just something to be else to be i guess cognizant of and you can switch it off can't you you can just do that in the menu before you search for a match yeah you can yeah you can yeah yeah. so you know you can avoid people but i think in some ways it can be maybe an advantage certainly if you're not in a top division um how would you be taking advantage neil of those cop players if you come up against them maybe not even in rivals right i used to come up against it a lot um in draft actually yes the way that i do it as as japes was saying as well like if you're up against an elite player like two elite players, especially, you're going to have a lot of trouble. I think he's right. Hit the nail on the head there. I think when you're defending, I just, like, sometimes you find that a lot of people in co-op, they try to get a left mid, a right mid, and then run down the wing. A lot of players, they then run out and try to, you know, mark that lane um, or mark the wing area. But I just say, you know, try to keep as compact as possible. When the ball rotates back into the middle, just try to always focus on the other player, the striker. And uh, if you if you kind of think about it that way, it's only when the other opposing player comes close, you have to worry about them. Because people hmm. always are trying to abuse the three walls over the wing as well. And I think the problem is if you try to go one way, they can just switch another player and then just do a three ball in behind. So I would just say, always try to focus, as Jape said, on the player, but just be careful about those three balls. People are abusing, especially in elite division, they're abusing those three balls into the ground. So if you're just unsure, just run back. It might put your defense line back a little bit, but at least better safe than sorry. Yeah, nice. We'll talk about through balls a bit more later in the podcast, I think. I wanted to just quickly mention on this point of co-op, something that can kind of replicate that when playing on your own is player lock. And they did a patch to it a month or so ago, which fixed a lot of the issues with player lock that come into the game for some reason. And it's back to being very effective. It's a very satisfying thing to learn. And because you're making it run off the ball, it kind of has a bit of that co-op factor where you are in control of the run making not just the player on the ball so i uh, did like doing that in the past and now it's fixed i'll be going back to it and giving it a try and if people want to i guess neil you may have a, a video on it for people to check out but i'm sure there are plenty out there and um, we'll probably talk about that in the future wanted to talk about some other mechanics related things and uh, we had a few questions so we'll kick things off with this one martin and actually also jkl said what is your main thought idea or tip when you come up against a skiller those players are the ones i have the most problems with and mac and marvel adds actually not just skillers but really just players twisting and turning in the box i'm sure neil will have a lot to say on this should we start with you brammers then yeah yeah sure so i mean this this year i've put lots more skill stuff into my game and uh the thing i would say is like don't be overawed by the other player doing a bunch of skills it can seem intimidating mm. if you if they're doing things that you know you cannot do in the game, you immediately feel like, 
oh man, I'm, you know, I'm not as good as this player, but it doesn't mean that. It just means that they've learned some button combinations. Believe me, if you come up against me and you see me doing some skills, it doesn't mean I'm going to beat you. And I, I would just say like, look at what they're doing as though it were any other part of their game. Uh, a lot of people have very predictable patterns of play that they repeat over and over again. If they're doing skill moves that you can't do, are they over Are they using them too much? Are they using them in the same situation the same way all the time? Try and take advantage of that. The other thing is if people are playing that way, unless they're like genuinely very good at the game, sometimes it's just because they're, they're, they're quite an ostentatious player, uh, and they like to, uh, to sort of mess around. It may mean that, uh, you know, when I've seen it, it may mean that they have less patience when things don't go their way. Uh, and they sort mm. of start and they, and they start defending chaotically and stuff like that. So just, you know, stick to your guns, play your game. Don't allow them to, uh, sort of set the agenda through, through their, their trickery and, and, force you into patterns that, that you're not used to and that you don't like doing. Observe what they're doing as you would any other player. Ignore the fact that it's skills and, and react in the way that you would any you know at any other time. That would be kind of my main thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I think that's a good starting point for this. And then, um, Japes, anything you're particularly doing against Eskila? Um, Breaking their legs? Yeah, like potentially. <laughs> <laughs> if it comes to it, yeah. <laughs> no, they, they, think they, they think they've won if they like break their legs. I think that realistically... It, what you kind of have to remember with skillers is they this is like I'm this is gonna feel like a blanket statement, but it's not fair. I, I'm gonna say like they're not gonna try to really like pass by you, which like the best the best ones will. They will absolutely try to use skills as a way to bait you in and then pass by you. But the point being is like they are absolutely going to try to take you on. And like defensively, you need to think about defending the space if that makes sense like just just focus not so much on what the player's doing but keeping between them and their objective which oftentimes is just trying to quickly get in and score a goal i i just see people like dive into tackles far too much against skillers mm, yeah yeah definitely and use the tackle button use the tackle button though when you do decide to go for a tackle mm, yeah and uh, Neil, yeah, what would you add here i would say a few things that's why i really focus on the dual team balance for defenders as well I know everyone's going to kill me, probably everyone in this podcast right now, but I don't like Varane. I just think, yes, he's got a good body type, but he's just a bit too clunky for me. And when you're up against a really good player, the key thing is all about baiting. What my best advice is, and from what I learned from coaching, even people in an elite level, is that never commit forward. People are doing skill moves. They basically want you to move out the way so they can occupy or go into that gap. The key I would always say is defend the angle towards goal. If someone's doing these skill moves, whatever, Defend the angle towards the goal and try to show them on the outside, but never give way. A lot of players that I see, they always use teammate contain, try to move someone out of position, or they run forward with the defender and then the skill moves takes them. If you almost stand still, I normally use the running jockey and almost a bit contrary to Jake's, but just hold the running jockey and let them come to you because as soon as you move forward, you're giving them an opening. And I think as long as you defend the angle towards goal, you'll be genuinely surprised because what would happen is they try taking a shot, your player will block it. If they try going around you, then you can just continue to defend the angle towards goal. But as James has said as well, if you're up against a top-tier player who really knows how to abuse the game, you're going to be in trouble. So I normally, if I can, I try to defend the angle towards goal. And if I do have another player nearby, I may tap teammate contain, but I don't use it necessarily to make them to advance all the way forward towards the ball carry. That's my best tip. Don't move forward, kind of stay in line and defend the angle towards goal. Yeah, I think you're right. People often chase don't they when the player is facing away from goal which you want to close down a bit of the space maybe push them out slightly but you don't want to be 
going in on either side to try and win the ball back when they have their back to the goal because then you're actually opening up space for them to to twist round and go around you. I also think the one thing I see, especially in the box, is it's partly panic, but basically people moving way too much. If you're there standing jockeying, uh, you know, you don't need to sprint jockey, just very stable, possibly with one of your midfielders because they won't necessarily come back if you don't manually move them and think more about blocking the path for the shot than anything else. You'll see the keeper will move, actually, if you're covering part of the goal across the goal to cover the rest of it. So that can help you out a lot, but it can also cause problems if you move away from them and the keeper shifts across, they can take a shot into the area that's been vacated by the keeper. So just look out for that too. Primarily, you're thinking about this is the route to goal that the player's going to take or the shot on goal that the player's going to take, and I want to block that off. Not thinking too much about going in for the tackle, which I think people always uh, get tricked by, basically. I think also the other thing is don't switch players too much because that can kind of slow you down or cause you to mess up more easily. Um, but in saying that, Neil, I did want to mention something that I saw on your channel. We talked about it maybe a while back on the podcast, but not enough. And that is switching to ball relative player switching rather than player relative switching, which is quite different and it is hard to get your head around at first but can make quite a big difference you can change it in controller settings and instead of flicking through the different players in a chain you imagine a clock and you flick in the direction uh, that the player is from the ball if that makes sense and having watched that video neil i can definitely see the advantages do you want to explain a little bit about what those are and a bit about it yeah so i, I would say um not from my stuff, but the video does really explain it in a lot more yeah, detail. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's helpful to see it visually. So, it? Yeah. so visually is important, but I would say when you do change the ball relative, don't expect the next day your place to be amazing. It will take mm. some time, but I made a switch when it came out, I believe it was in FIFA 20. And the reason why was it was inconsistent for me to switch to a player because with player relative, the red marker is always changing direction. So you have to kind of flick in different directions, whereas in ball relative, He's kind of looking at where the ball is. And imagine wherever the ball is, you just literally flick towards a player you want to switch to. So if you want to switch to your CDM, imagine you're shooting from left to right. You just flick your right analog stick to the left-hand side when you're defending. And most of the time, you'll choose your CDM. And what happens is over time when you use it, it's just muscle memory. Because you know, if I flick it roughly towards like 7 p.m., as Ben was saying on the clock, you're going to roughly switch to your right back. So over time it actually helps you. And I would say, statistically speaking, you've got a higher chance of accuracy using ball relative. I think it's very, very underlooked. I think because the pro players don't use it, but the only weakness I would say to it is that on the pro level, you can press much better with player relative. There's no doubt about that. You can still press with ball relative. I still do it, but I do think there's that slight advantage. So if you are a top tier player and you are on the pro level, I would say suggest player relative. But me, myself, I use ball relative. And I strongly suggest just trying it for a bit. Mm. Yeah, you're right. It, I, you know, I did try it for a bit. It takes some serious adjustment. Um, if you've been using the regular player switching and you do player switch a fair bit, but I think it's a good point, especially if you're looking to get into uh, more manual player switching, I think it is a really good place to to start and maybe even just continue with, as you say. I think it does have huge advantages in terms of that consistency of selecting players, which I know a lot of people find quite frustrating i guess one thing maybe worth mentioning is it is tricky if you're trying to say i don't know track a through ball maybe that's going to ping out wide or something and what you can't do is go through a player to the next player is that right 
That is correct, but what happens is no one stands still. So in the visual example that I show, I'm just standing still. When the ball is moving, the game is smart enough to know, okay, when someone switches it from side to side, don't worry, you can still select the opposite player. So the ball's on the left-hand side, it switches to the right-hand side, you can still select your right back, for instance. It's only if the ball is at standstill. But if the ball mm. is at standstill, where would you? when would you ever want to select your right back at all? And that is why mm. I say for like top tev- top level pressing, where they may, for example, have a specific reason to do that, that's when I think the difference will make, will make a big difference in using player relative. But I think realistically speaking, in terms of switching itself, I wouldn't say there's any negatives apart from, as, I'm, as you mentioned, that extreme example, but that's only if the ball is mm. at a standstill. And don't forget, the ball's never in one place that's a good point. more than a second. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, as you say, if it was, you wouldn't necessarily need to be doing that anyway. Nice. Um, What's the video called again um, for people who might want to look it up? It's, I'm going to sound like such a sellout when I say this. Because The video is called, I believe, Fix Your Player Switching in FIFA 22 with One Simple Trick. Tutorial. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, where's the lie? I think for a lot of people, that, that may well be true. Um, Japes, have you ever tried this thought of trying it? I mean, I aggressively mm. manually press... Yeah, I was going to add to that as well. So, Jake, so for example, for someone like yourself, and it's for everyone else as well, if you've been using one way for 10 years, don't you can try it, but I would recommend not changing it because you're probably used to it. Mm. I still, as, as you play, James, I do the exact same way. I actually find it easier, especially when you're pressing, because you know when you um, quickly switch between the two players, when you're, like you're, you're trying to trap someone with two players at the same time, and the L1 button you, or the LB, you can't sometimes get both the players you want. I actually find it more consistent that way. Um, so you can still press with it, but as Japes was saying, if you're used to one way and let's say you're already a very high level player, well, let's say even if you've been using it for like 10, 10 years, um, it's no point really changing because you probably know off by heart, okay, I know X position. I know the kind of mm. the perfect angle to hit out for the consistency. So that's what I would say. So if you're already using player relative, you can try it, but I wouldn't recommend unless you're only for struggling, I would say. Brams is like, oh, that's a relief. Ben's not going to make me uh, try it out for... No, <laughs> you see, I'm still up. well, I'm, I'm still behind on my other homework, so... Uh, yeah, yeah. I haven't, yeah where's, I, the, where's the time finishing? Time finishing, time finishing has not happened yet, Ben, I'm afraid. Uh, I do do this, though. I, I can confirm the, uh, you know, this one simple trick that dermatologists hate will improve your gameplay. <laughs> I did I did switch over to, uh, to this ball relative stuff. I think it got mentioned, like, last year, maybe, or something, and... Uh, I thought, oh, I'll try that out because I always found player switching confusing and, and inconsistent. And I find this less confusing and less inconsistent. Oh, interesting. So you do do it and you presumably switched after a long time of using the other switching. I think I was probably rubbish at the last thing and only used it a bit. It's only really been in the last sort of two or three years that my gameplay has has evolved to the incredible peaks that we now see of, you know, occasionally getting 12 or 13 wins in the weekend league. Mm. So it feels, it, I feel like I've been doing this for a while and it, it definitely, it kind of makes more sense spatially to my brain because yeah. I'm always looking at the ball, right? Mm. So, well, yeah, one thing I would say to people is, are you actually using the right stick switching, the regular one, that much? Because I certainly found a few years back, I thought I was using the right stick switching a lot more than I was. And actually, most of the time I was using L1, LB, and that is less effective. It's not really recommended. And uh, it does step up your game if you are able to effectively player switch with the right stick and actually at the time if it had been an option i probably would have switched to that because i think it is going to be more intuitive and you're actually going to end up switching manually much more and yeah you're going to improve defensively uh, generally let's take a break actually on that and we'll come back we've got plenty more to talk about including through balls and uh, underrated chem styles in part two hello listener if you enjoy the foot weekly gameplay podcast then 
you might be excited to know that there is one every week and it alternates between being on the main feed and the supporter feed. So if you fancy supporting the pod, it's just £3 a month and you get double the podcast every week. And it's a really good time to join because there's a 24,000 FIFA point giveaway going on just for supporters over on the Patreon. So if that interests you, that's double podcast, supporting the podcast, entering that giveaway to potentially win back plenty more than you're putting in, then just have a little Google for support for weekly. That's support foot weekly or foot weekly patron. And in fact, if you want to go straight to that giveaway, you can just type in bit.ly slash pod spring 22. So that's bit.ly slash pod spring 22. Thank you to all the supporters out there keeping the podcast going. It allows me to put in the time to foot weekly and the foot weekly community that it deserves. Right, let's get back into part two. Getting back into part two, we'll start by looking at this question from AK77. He says, I would be interested in any tips for utilizing the larger build strikers or players in general that look fast by their stats, but the body type means they move more like trained. Moments Cantona is an example, and I've managed to get a great level from him, um, but it did take a different approach. I think, as AK is saying here, it is definitely something that's possible, but it does take some thinking about and perhaps adapting. I know, Japes, you're someone who does use bigger forwards and we've talked a lot about crossing, but in terms of the other aspects of using a more physical presence, how would you recommend people do that? Maybe shielding, of course, would be uh, the main one. Yeah, I use left trigger. I think people, so I see this a lot where people are like, they turn like a truck. Hmm. And oftentimes I find they feel that way because even though they have, say, like high dribbling, as like the dribbling stat specifically, not the all-inclusive dribbling stat, right? Mm. And I find it's because a lot of people, they're using the left stick to dribble, but they're not using either left bumper or right bumper. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're not using the agile dribbling or the close control or whatever, because these guys will, all of them will turn very, very quickly. Yeah. People condition themselves very, very quickly in a cycle. They go out and they get Neymar and Mbappe. Right from the start, hmm. they go out and get a bunch of other like quick, small, nimble players and use the heck out of them because it's the easy way to score goals early in the cycle. Then all of a sudden, they're like, hey, I got access to a card like Cantona, who is a incredible card on this game, but is not built the same way. And they've already conditioned themselves to attack in one way, to use one specific type of play style and it's good that you're asking the question and saying hey I want to try to get the most out of this player but you have to like to me you have to like get out of the mindset of like gosh when I play this pass to a player like Mbappe they I can do this that or the other it's like well you shouldn't maybe be playing that pass right like for, for these big strikers you need to play driven passes to their feet and then play it either out wide directly to like an overlapping midfielder or back to a central midfielder, which you don't want to do is get them in spots where you have to do a lot of dribbling because that's not what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to score goals, right? And you need to get them in positions to do that. And so if you play direct passes into their feet or you use them to do layoffs out wide to where you can cross it back in, they can be extremely effective this year. Good point. Um, and very well made. Uh, yeah, it's funny actually because Neil, I feel like I've heard you talk before about how you just really don't use physical players at all. But do you think they do have more of a place this cycle? I've certainly heard a lot more people are enjoying those types of players this cycle than in the past. 
So I would say, yeah, so I still prefer the left stick dribblers at the high drill team balance um, just because I like to, I don't do skill moves. So I just do left stick dribbling to beat a player. I don't cross the ball either, but they still have their use. Um, as Japes was saying, if you can do like a L1 trigger, do a driven pass to like Cantona and then do like a first time fake shot or a scoop turn and then shoot it into the back of the net, I think they work very, very well. They also work very, very well if you're trying to get the ball inside the box to header it on for another player. So let's say, for example, you're outside the box or you see the striker running into a place, you can do like an L1 triangle or an LBY pass to them and they can header it onto another player for like a first time shot. So they do still have the place inside the game. You don't need to necessarily use the most agile players, but I would recommend if you've got one kind of clunkier player, I would say try to have an agile player next to him. So you kind of got the best of both worlds. That's what I would recommend. Yeah, like if, if you're trying to play out and out with two purely like truck-like large strikers it's not as effective as having a sugar and spice combo mm. i use the flashback griezmann and mid henri mm. and it, like i don't know i don't know how people would classify mid henri i certainly don't see people being like gosh his dribbling's amazing yeah yeah because his balance isn't that high is it so people kind of get put off by that i think uh, he's scored more goals he's got more like goals per game than Griezmann. Wow. Yeah, people don't really rate him, do they? He scores so many goals for me, Ben. Like, just an obscene amount of goals. Yeah, that's interesting. Hey, uh, Bram, is, have you, what are your thoughts on the kind of more physical forwards this cycle? It's not where I immediately look to go. Like, I, I've been much more of a sort of skilling and dribbling person this year. But on the few occasions when it's been necessary for an objective or whatever, I've actually had a really nice time playing with some of those stronger, sort of uh, mm. less agile players. Like, I... I know it's uh, an exceptional example, but uh, David Ginola's card, when I used it, is one of my favorite cards this year. And, you know, he's six foot one, only has 75 balance. Um, obviously, a lot of his other stats are, are phenomenal, but he does require a slightly different play style to, uh, mm. you know, the sort of the very small, very agile um, attackers. And, and yeah, you just, you have attributes that um, you can't necessarily call upon with other players. Like I would find that I would be doing tricks and stuff with him and he would keep the ball because he was taller and stronger. Uh, whereas, like, if I was doing them with Maradona, he'd just get, like, punted into Rosette. And, you know, so that was pretty cool. Uh, I also, like, I, I seem to remember playing with, like, the flashback, uh, was it Maratta earlier in the cycle? And some of those uh, sort of taller, beefier forwards. And, yeah, like, you just play differently. It's like it's like the Lukaku kind of conundrum, isn't it? Like, if you try to use him uh, as, as your sort of, the guy who's going to dribble sort of three defences from the edge of the box and stuff, then he's pretty useless. But as a runaway train from midfield that no one can stop um, or as a sort of target man who can lay off the ball, he's great. Yeah. So yeah, like it's, you, 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 if you, it's, it's a tool set, right? And you need to pay attention to what each tool does. Mm. And PS, get Ginola because he's amazing. Yeah, well, the added two shielding mechanics, both airball shielding and um, regular shielding that's contextual, basically... Uh, almost automatic you can press l2 to trigger these but it's also something that should happen a lot of time anyway and i found this really helpful actually if the player has over 85 strength that's when it's active if your striker is strong enough up against a center back i think good ball control helps as well what you need to look out for is your forward pulling off a defender just so the defender can't just head it away but you don't need to be too far away actually and if the player is pretty big then it maybe even there's more leeway than that but i find that you could lob it in not even from the wide positions but from midfield and you can sort of move it about a little bit as it comes down which is hard to tackle and get the shot off or pass it off 
And it really makes your opponent think in ways they don't normally and, and seems to panic them a bit, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, the other, the other thing I would say is that I fear it more when I see it in an opposing team. Like when I see a well-cultivated mm. team that has like Team of the Year Lewandowski or someone up front, I know I'm probably in for a tough game versus just, you know, flavor of the month, small guy, four-star, four-star. Yeah, totally. I Look, people also don't know how to defend manually against crossing. Mm. If they see a player out wide they switch to the defender that's chasing the wide player almost every single time. You'll get some players that are like kind of disciplined and they'll hold on to a DM and be like, eh, you're not in a position to like really hurt me. But oftentimes, like the smart move defensively is you right stick switch to a center back and you like better mark the cross. Mm-hmm. Nobody does that because people don't cross that often. And so oftentimes it just leaves players like really, really wide open. I will say, and Ben, I talk about it every time. I use a lot of chemistry styles that boost crossing stats to 99. Mm. Yeah, there are a lot of players that can get to 99 crossing pretty easily and it makes a difference. Do you use physical chemistry style boosts on the forwards? Actually, I was going to ask that. Uh, I use Hunter on, I think, all of them. At the moment, my favorite my favorite chemistry style, if I don't need to use Hunter, is Marksman. Yeah, yeah. I would that say Marksman's my favorite attacking chemistry style, but yeah. I have found that it seems to be more important to have like ninety or like maxed out pace mm. than it does to get some of the extra stats. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's move on to this question, which is a classic, and we've definitely covered this before earlier in the cycle, but it's just worth bringing it up again. Ewok says, gameplay-wise, what is the best way to stop the through ball down at the side? And I guess what people often do is then cut back in. Um, and in a way, I guess Jape kind of spoke about it in terms of moving a centre-back into position to stop the cross. It does sometimes work, but actually people don't always necessarily cross it. But in terms of like cutting out the actual through ball, which would be the ideal thing to do. Um, so Neil, what, what are you tending to do there? Do you kind of press with one player and then chase the, the runner? To be honest, when the ball goes down the wing, if it was FIFA 19... It'll be a different situation. But in this FIFA, I don't really mind they have the ball down the wing. Mm. I think when, when they get inside the box, then you can use teammate contain and kind of man mark the player in the middle. And uh, you can always switch between those two players to defend a situation. But let's say someone has a driven through ball. Sometimes if like, let's say my defensive line are like on the halfway line, I may, for example, run back. But let's say, for example, if they're just going to go through down the wing, I kind of let them get the ball. And then I kind of shift a bit to the right-hand side, let's say if it's going to on the top. And I kind of say, you know, I don't really want you to cut in, but I don't want you to go, you know, I don't mind you recycling is what I, what I normally go with. So I just try to defend the driven pass inside the box or stop them from going down the wing per se. Mm. But I say, try to handle it, I would say, later on than earlier. I think people, what they try to do is, in my opinion, is that they try to cut out with their left back and they try to advance forward and move into the passing lane. And when they miss the ball, then they've got to bring a center back and move them across. Or as Jape said as well, just use a DM. If you know you've got loads of time on the ball, use a DM and just run back. That way you keep your back four in shape and you can just use a DM to apply pressure to the ball. Yeah, nice. Uh, great advice. I think that's uh, exactly what we're looking for. And actually, we've all talked about it a fair bit, I think. And uh, Brammer's uh, has to go. So this is well-timed. After that, I think we'll do something that I might sprinkle in here and there in future. But for now, yeah, Brammer's, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, it's been lovely. Lovely to be able to share my uh, gameplay expertise, which is, as I said, going in my Twitter profile from now on. Um, and obviously on this very special Tiago day as well. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, great to have you. Thank you. What I think we should do, just to wrap it up, a bit of fun to end it, is actually do some underrated chemistry styles because it's always good fun, something I like. And 
I know we've talked a lot about defensive midfielders recently, so we'll start with that one. And what underrated chemistry style would you use on your defensive midfielder? Obviously, it's going to depend on the you know stats on that player, but just to kind of throw one out there, people may not always think of. Um, James, there's one that I'm already thinking of that you may go for here. Yeah, I mean, I love the powerhouse you yeah, know, Ben. Yeah. The ability to make driven passes because of the direct passing chemistry style forward is a huge deal. And so being able to boost their passing as well as boost their key defensive stats is like mm. just really underappreciated in my mind. Yeah, well, not many chem styles give a plus 10 to interceptions. And there are not many chem styles that give a plus 10 to short passing and long passing, but you also get 15 vision added as well. So yeah, it is a good one. Uh, Neil, what about you? I was going to say engine, but I presume that's what probably some people probably would still use quite mm -hmm. a lot. But I'd probably say for a box to box gladiator. Oh, okay. Wow, that is. Yeah. I think it's a really underrated chemistry start. I really do think it is because you do get a plus 15 finishing and a plus 10 shot power. And I think a lot of those box to box cards haven't really got the best of finishing. So I think with the gladiator, you get the defending and then you get the shooting, especially the finishing as well. Um, mm -hmm. Although you do like the long shots, but if you are the kind of player that likes to push a player inside the box to take a shot with that player, I think Gladiator works very well. Yeah, yeah. More for a box to box than a sitting player, I guess. Ben, we talked about it a little bit. I don't know if I made it in the last pod, but we talked a little bit about backbone as well. Boosting the aggression. I think it's something that I mm. need to maybe play around with a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As we get closer and closer to team of the season, I find myself more and more intrigued with chemistry styles like that. Well, that's the thing. As we head into team of the season with the huge boosts that we're going to see there, particularly to pace, I think you're probably going to see certain chemistry styles that you didn't even consider before becoming effective. And actually, I was thinking for fullbacks, obviously, pace is always priority, really. But as we see closer and closer to max pace fullbacks, are there chemistry styles that don't necessarily boost pace or don't boost it so much that you would consider using now on them? Uh, maybe Guardian. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. going to say the same thing. Balance ball control dribbling and I mean they get they get some like meaty defensive boosts yeah that's true actually plus 10 defensive awareness a boost of plus 10 to defensive awareness is, is pretty rare so that is a big bonus for that particular one uh, Neil any other to add I know he just nicked you he stole my idea <laughs> it's amazing um, maybe engine you know what I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I read you like engine especially if you like to bring your left back yep. and right back forward or you're trying to do a driven pass you get that passing boost and if the pace not really maxed out you get the plus 5 on the pace and of course, you get that agility balance. I really like engine as well. I use engine all the time on my fullbacks, all the time. Nice. Well, I don't really use fullbacks though. I play like left back and right backs as um, outside midfielders, and I use engine. There we go. That that was sort of interesting. You were saying before the pod that fullback is not worth talking about really because it's just pace boosting. Yeah, but if you're like talking about traditional fullbacks, you're just like doing yourself a super disservice. Yeah, I guess it's not quite centre-back to be fair where there's what, maybe one or two centre-backs you wouldn't put a shadow on, right? If you're not using shadow, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said it. Um, I said it too much. But uh, I think that does then wrap us up. So thank you very much, Japes, for coming on the pod. It's been great to have you as always. Cheers, Ben. Happy to be on. Uh, always a pleasure to talk gameplay. Mm. I've got a few uh, more spicy tips, I suppose, for uh, gameplays in the future. Yeah, we were going to talk a bit more about gameplay mechanics people wanted to add to their game, which we've done a bit, but yeah, we can fit in some more. Yeah, I thought you. I thought that's where you were going to go as well. And I was like, all right, well, I'll hold on to this one. But mm. 
well, that'll be good for a future podcast. And talking of future podcasts, if you'd like to subscribe, then you can do so via the various podcast platforms and you'll get the podcast delivered once a week into your podcast feed. And if you'd like two podcasts, then you could become a supporter. It's just £3 a month. You're keeping the podcast going and you get double the podcast content. And it's a great time to sign up. It's the start of the month. And there's also a giveaway for 24,000 FIFA points. You can search support for weekly or go to bit.ly slash podspring22. That's bit.ly slash podspring22. A huge thank you if you do decide to support. And also a big thank you to you, Neil, for coming on and giving your gameplay insights. We mentioned the YouTube earlier, but people can find you at various different places. Yes, thank you very much for having me on again. Yes, you can, of course, check my YouTube out as Neil Guides and all my other social medias are the same. Great. Well, thank you very much to all our guests on this podcast. And thank you very much to you listeners for joining us. And of course, to those supporters keeping this podcast going and to those icon patrons. Dave B, Coach Vass, Dougie, Chris W, DJ FIFA player, Hugh J, Steve C, David S, Matt L, George, Alistair, Alan G, Anthony R, Dominic, Rob P, L, Jeff B, Christopher R, Stephen F, Michael, Tom B, Damon H, Nick Jack M, Eric T, Roger D, Alex M, Dan W, Sila P, Matt H, Harry P, Neil P, Adam G, At Pace of a Tortoise, Brian S, Andrew C, Sam K, Jake G, Michael P, Zach O, Springford, Dominic G, Adam H C, Adam R, Andy H, Mikael L, Orion B, Mindor L, and Tim J. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. When you're drinking a frozen beverage from McDonald's, your brain may not like how refreshingly cold it is. But the rest of your body, oh yes, it's going to relish every moment of it. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get all the chill you need for just $1.69. From any size frozen drink, like a frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry, to a new ice-cold lemonade. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Before I leave you, though, just one more thing to add. FIFA is a bit like life really, it has its many ups and its many downs and if you are having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net there's loads of resources, advice and support or even just a chat available to anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you then head over to thecalmzone.net and for now I'll catch you on the next podcast. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.